This podcast is brought to you by Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. Achoo! Uh, this is Becky Clunan, the artist of Killjoys, and you're listening to Two-Headed Nerd with Joe and Matt. Sort of break it, break it down like this. Broadcasting from the Ziggurat at Omaha, deep below the metro area, it is my pleasure to welcome you to episode 171 of THN, where this week we're recapping all of the San Diego Comic-Con news that blew up the internet this weekend. Get ready, it's going to be a long one. My name is Matt Baum. You can find me on the Twitter under the handle at Matt Baumstein. When I'm not watching con coverage in my office while my wife is blaring, thumping Euro techno and practicing for her body pump certification in the living room, it's been a nightmare. I'm writing <laughs> the comic speculator blog for worthpoint.com. And I'm Joe Patrick. That's at Joe Patrick 116 on the Twitter. And when I'm not perfectly happy to watch the Comic-Con coverage from home, knowing that if we were there, my co-host would be planning a bizarre cosplay orgy. I'm the manager of Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. In this week's episode, we have got no goddamn time for anything else but to report all the Comic-Con news as part of our third annual SDCC. That's cool speak for San Diego Comic-Con recap show. Hashtag. After that. Time allowing. We'll review 12 of this week's new comics. <laughs> Time allowing. Faster, we're doing it. <laughs> faster than Marvel Studios can snatch another premiere date from Sony during the ludicrous speed round. So sit back, jack your brain directly into your USB 3 or Thunderbolt port, and prepare for a massive download of comic book movie news and analysis. Make sure all 256K of your memory is clear, Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> it's time for the Comic Con! Big no! Folks, it's going to be fast and it's going to be furious. Some of this is cut and paste. Some of it we will react to. Some of it we feel nothing towards. <laughs> but let's start with Image. They had their own little Image Expo before That's right. the con because they're too good for the San Diego Comic Con. That's right. Image Comics kicked things off on Wednesday with another of their now famous Image Expos. Which are, there's like four a year, right? Well, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it was more of a panel. Okay. But it occurred before the start of Comic-Con, and it wasn't at the convention center, so they just branded it with their own brand. Got it. Anyway, here's your rundown of the Expo's major announcements, starting with Tokyo Ghost by Rick Remender and Sean Murphy, a series that, quote, plays with the ideas like Judge Dredd, Lobo, and the action movies I grew up with in the 80s, said Remender. Okay. <laughs> I was uh, like, you? You're right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I think of it. Okay. A constable and his assistant in the new islands of Los Angeles are the law, as described by the media companies who control the area. It deals with the digital lives and how they affect people. It also has a lot of incredible violence and gore and things I haven't been able to really dig into. Tokyo Ghost arrives in 2015. Rick Remender is a crazy person. Sean Murphy is amazing. This sounds kick-ass. Also crazy. Totally There's a, like this weird like BMX dirt bike dude <laughs> on some sort of future space bike. What? And the image that they showed, it's yeah, it's some dude on some kind of crazy future motorcycle. He looks like he's right out of the movie Rad. I'm in. From the 80s. I love the movie Rad. Next, we had From Under Mountains. From Under Mountains. From Marion Churchland, Claire Gibson, Ramunda. and Sloan Leong. Part of Brandon Graham's Eight House series, all the stories within this universe will be linked, but we're not going to reveal how just yet. That was a quote, I'm assuming, from Brandon Graham? 
You know, I don't know, man. It's a it, quote from somebody. It all happened so fast. It could have been Eric Stevenson. Fair enough. It, it, I don't know who, who said what. From Under Mountains is a fantasy story that takes a place in an isolated country, both politically and geographically. Our main characters are Elena, a daughter of a lord, Fisher, a disgraced knight, and Tova, a runaway thief who's from the lower classes. They'll all become entangled in the struggle for power and political supremacy. This is hit in spring 2015. Churchland. I recognize that. Marion Churchland is a name that's been around uh, lately. Um, She's written a few things. She wrote Beast back in 2009, which is an image thing. She wrote some short stories for Elephant Men, but she's a penciler too. Did some work on King Conan, The Scarlet Citadel. She penciled Madame Xanadu, the 2008 one. Yeah, Matt Wagner yeah, wrote yeah, that. Yeah. Um, yeah, Amy Reader was on it at first and then. Did some Northlander stories. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moving on. Valhalla Mad by Joe Casey and Paul Mayberry. Three, quote, three lovable gods just here to have a good time is the tagline. Gods come to Earth to have some fun, and the world is a little different than they remember, said Casey. I wouldn't have a story if things didn't go awry. They go awry. <laughs> okay. It's about, it's about the price of immortality. I love Kirby's Thor, and this was my opportunity to do my kind of Thor comic. There's a famous splash page of Thor in a malt shop, and I looked at that and said, that is f***ing excellent. And based the whole pitch off of that. All right. Okay. Writing the faux Shakespearean is a real nightmare, and, but I did it and committed to it. It's a good time. Paul is a fantastic artist, and beyond the inspiration, we're telling a story using the language of those old Kirby Thors. This will hit sometime in early 2015. Paul Mayberry is a fantastic artist. So Joe Casey said, you know what? Thor loves malts, and so do I. Right on. This is my... <laughs> This is my homage to Walt Simonson's Thor. I don't care. It's Joe Casey. I'm in. It's going to be great. Not worried at all. It is going to be great. Rumble from John Arcudi and James Heron. Oh. I love James Heron. I wish this was on him. now. Do you guys like Hellboy and BPRD? Stevenson asked. He described the book as a scarecrow Conan fighting in a world like Louis, as directed by David Fincher. What? Louis C.K.? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. No release date given. Love John Arcudi. Love James Heron. Oh, yeah, man. Picking it up. I'm into it. Don't worry about that. I'm into it. Intersect by Ray Fox. He's going to paint and write. Oh. Quote, I think Image is the only company that exists that's not afraid to print this book. It's a complicated nightmare mystery horror story. If you were to watch a story like Twin Peaks from inside the Black Lodge. Whoa. Mm. Fox, uh, as I said, uh, Fox is painting right one of the main characters is growing backwards out of another person's body. Okay. <laughs> that sounds disgusting. All right. Sort of like uh, Quato coming out of your back. Yeah, man. All right. Gross. You know, I, I'm just, like, he's been around, but I'm not super familiar with Ray Fox. Ray Fox had some DC work in the New 52, and then he vanished. Well, he's also done his own graphic novels and stuff. Okay. So it's not that he hasn't been around. I'm just, I'm not super familiar with his work. But. Okay. This sounds like super scary. His art's really good. I'm into checking it out. The Humans by Keenan Marshall Keller, oh, man. Tom Neely, and Christina Colantes. I don't know any of them. A high-octane, no-holds-barred, ape biker gang chopper ride into 70s exploitation genre bliss. Apart, they are nothing deemed by society's outcasts, misfits, losers, no good punks, but together, they are the humans. Follow Bobby, Johnny, and all the humans as they fight and fly down the road to oblivion on a road filled with chains, sex, leather, denim, hair, blood, bananas, 
and Chrome coming in November 2014. So this is it's Sons of Planet Anarchy of the Apes if they were monkeys. Meets Sons of Anarchy. This <laughs> sounds completely kick ass. Yeah. Wow. They showed some preview art and it is exactly what you think. It is chimps on bikes wearing leather vests. Sounds it's great. rad. I'm down. Yeah. Invisible Republic by Gabriel Hardman and Karina Bechko. Love Hardman. Quote, it's a secret history of the rise to power of a revolutionary hero off on some little planet a long way in the future. Okay. Yeah. It's all told through the point of view of his female cousin who was expunged from history because she knew too much. This is her memoir that lays out her complicated history that no one ever knew. So this is an ongoing series told in five issue arcs, Hardman said. It's a passion project for us. We've been spending years thinking about it and working on it. It's a huge opportunity to do something that's 100% ours. They have been doing pretty exclusively Star Wars and Planet of the Apes books. That's true. Books. That's true. This comes out in spring 2015. Look, I love those creators. Oh, yeah. They do good work. Oh, yeah. And so I'm checking it out. Southern Cross, Becky Cloonan writing. Becky Cloonan and writing. Andy Bellinger. Horror Be- Bellinger. Bellinger. Listen. Keith Silva will yell at us if we don't get that name right. But I bet he says Bellinger because he's an American dude. This is horror sci-fi. Cloonan had the quote saying, It's about a woman named Alex who's on board a ship called the Southern Cross on her way to Titan, a refinery move of Saturn. Her sister has just died, and the journey is a catalyst for what happens on the ship. It started as an Agatha Christie-style mystery, but builds and builds into something really weird. Belanger said, it's kind of Robotech meets Stephen King. This guy totally pronounces his name Bellinger if he's saying that. This is coming out in winter 2014. Sounds cool. I didn't know the, Becky Clinton right. Andy Belanger. Look, he's Canadian. Okay. His name is French. Fair Deal enough. with it. He doesn't, he doesn't say it like the chef from The Little Mermaid. <laughs> uh, so this is like Murder on the Orient Express if the Orient Express was a spaceship, and that sounds rad. Right. Outland. That's what it reminds me of. Outland. Outland? Which one was Outland? Outland was the one in the sheriff on the mining colony yeah, off oh, of right, uh, Jupiter. Right. What? Uh, sure, sure, sure. It was Sean Connery was the sheriff. Oh, right. It was great. Yeah, yeah. Descender from Jeff Lemire and Dustin Nguyen. So Jeff Lemire has like 17 books coming out real yeah. quick here? Uh-huh, yeah. Wow. Descender features a boy robot who is stranded in space and is basically the most wanted being in outer space. Quote from Lemire, it's a story of survival and trying to find a home. It's a big, sprawling, fun sci-fi story, and Dustin is painting the whole thing himself. Watercolor painting, he Ooh. says. Lemire will probably draw issues in between larger arcs. Dustin, Dustin Nguyen says, It's not so much that I'm breaking away from Batman. It's just that the schedule on a monthly book doesn't allow me to prove my skills as a painter. So he's breaking away from Batman. <laughs> <laughs> He's just doing something that lets him, you know, stretch a different set of and artistic dude muscles. dude loves to paint, and he's great at it. Yeah. He, said, he continues saying, getting to paint more, you get to do, you get to a point when you want to progress as an artist. So with this, I get to do that and draw robots. It's the crap I grew up with, man. They're awesome. Guy loves robots. I love that, like, everybody that's talking about this stuff sounds like they're having a blast. Well, that's what creator-owned comics are all about, yeah, right? Man. They're doing what they want. They're just having fun. And yeah. it sounds cool. And I- it's certainly not that Dustin Nguyen doesn't like to draw Batman. It's just like now he gets to do He certainly gets paid better to do sure. so, I'm sure. This hits in spring 2015. Drifter from Ivan Brandon and Nick Klein. We live on a planet that's not as infinitely scalable as we thought it would be. Eventually, we'll have to move to different parts of the galaxy. Space is often presented as this glossy, starchy reality, and that's not how society is built. 
It's about the dirty hands that build the future. The frontier aspect of the new frontier that hasn't been established quite as much in fiction. You can't really move a city through the vacuum of space. We're really playing with the dirtier side of science fiction. No release date is given here. I don't know what any of that means. I love Ivan Brandon. <laughs> it means they Nick saw Klein. Firefly. They recently watched all of Firefly and they were like, yeah. They're the ones that did Viking. <laughs> yes. And it was great. I mean, this is a good idea. The idea that that space is this untamed frontier, and that's a cool idea. The dirty job that of needs to in be space. explored, right? Like, it. what would what would it really be like if humans went out to colonize? It I would not it. be pretty, right? Like you said, you can't just pick up a city and move it, and then it's fine. Sure. Tooth and Claw by Kurt Busiek, Ben Dewey, and Jordi Belair. Busiek says, "Quote: Sometimes the comic industry moves at glacial speeds." Sometimes things take longer to happen than we'd like. He came up with the, I came up with the idea 10 or more years ago, and this artist was born to draw it. It's everything he's wanted to draw, all put together in one series. It's a big, sprawling, high-fantasy adventure epic about animal people. Okay. End quote. They showed a cover featuring what Newsarama described as a warthog wizard. And I thought, oh boy, so it's like... Anthropomorphic, animal, an- anthropomorphic animal magic stuff. Like uh, Telos. Right. But then I saw it. I saw the Warthog Wizard thing, and it looks f***ing awesome. All right. <laughs> it, just look, it looks amazing. Okay. This guy, Ben Dewey, he's nobody. He's a no one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just looked him up. He's done nothing. And, but it looks so good. That, okay, he hasn't done nothing. He's done nothing on comic book database. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Busey, quote, magic is fading away and their whole society is built on magic. One wizard, our warthog from the cover, is going to reach back into the past to a time before magic and bring the great champion to the present so he can unleash magic again and fix all their problems. Things don't go well. I was going to say, it sounds simple enough. Right. It's a globe-trotting adventure where our hero and his sidekick end up having to save the world in a completely different way than they set out to. They have to challenge the gods themselves. Kurt Busiek's really good at this stuff. Yeah, dude. And I don't know. I, I haven't seen the preview art. Sounds interesting. Yeah, like the cover was just gorgeous. Gorgeous. Wow. This is hitting November of this year. So just a few months. The final book they announced, Injection. Warren Ellis. Decl- oh, is, is that all? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Warren Ellis, Declan Shabley, and Jordi Belair, the busiest man in the world. The Moon Knight team is sticking together at Image with a new series launching in April 2015. Did, did you just refer to Jordi Belair as a guy? Is it a girl? Yes. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> Jordi? That could go either way. The Moon Knight team is sticking together at Image with a new series launching in April 2015. Warren Ellis said, imagine five people for whom the world was not getting crazy enough, and they decided to cause a way to make the world more interesting. Now... They have to deal with the consequences. We were barely halfway into Moon Knight number one, and I knew it was going very, very well. We started talking immediately about doing something else. It just so happens that something else is going to be something in image that they own. Man, Warren Ellis and Declan Shavley, their work on Moon Knight has been so damn good. I don't care what they do next. And Jordi Belair. And Warren Ellis is a total weirdo. This can be totally weird. I'm super excited. Joe Patrick, is there a single one of these books that you're not going to pick up? No, I mean, I'll tr- certainly try them all. I guess if I had to pick one I was least excited about, it's this um, From Under Mountains, just because... From Under Mountains. From, un- from Under Mountains. <laughs> it just did not have like that immediate like high concept that really like sure. resonated with me. Um, but I'm certainly going to check them all out, I, though I'm not necessarily 
eager for that particular story, I am excited for that Eight House series, and that's part of it. Yeah. So I want to see what's going on there. Obviously, I don't know. These all sound fantastic. I'm into checking out all of these. If I had to pick one that I was the most excited about, I think it's Rumble. I think Rumble sounds the weirdest by John Arcudi and James Heron. Definitely, Scarecrow the Conan in a world like Louis, as directed by. David I don't know, man. Tokyo Ghost sounds like it's going to be absolutely crazy. Again, Image has like blown our hair back with their announcements, and I can't wait for to see all of these. Totally, and I will say that like the most poorly described new book is this Injection, but I'd be honest. I'd be lying if I didn't say that. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I didn't expect it to be completely amazing. Yeah, they could list the creative team and say, coming in spring. And I go, all right. <laughs> Pooping in the Alley by Warren Ellis and Declan Shalvey. In. I'll, I'll buy it. We're going to stick with the little guys here. Move on to Dark Horse. Little, uh, you know, r- r- we're going to stay away from the big two for a while. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> relatively speaking. Let's get everybody else, and then we'll talk about the big two. All right. Moving on to Dark Horse. You bet. Fight Club 2 was officially announced, written by Chuck Palinuk with art by Cameron Stewart. Wasn't this officially announced last year? <laughs> they t- they said that they were doing it. Like, he said they were doing it, but there was no, like, time frame or publisher. In fact, I was under the impression for some reason that it was going to come out from Vertigo. I don't know how I got that impression. Uh, I think it was always Dark Horse. Regardless, the author of the book, Chuck whatever, Cameron Stewart on art. Chucky P. David Mack on covers. Love David Mack. Gorgeous looking covers. Yeah. He's already shown a couple images on his Tumblr, too. And they were Yeah, they showed one cool. at Comic-Con. They showed one. This is going to be a 10-issue maxi-series. The series explores the narrator failing his nine-year-old son, Junior, in the same way the narrator's father failed him. Quote, Fight Club was such a tirade against fathers. Everything I had thought my father had not done combined with everything my peers were griping about their fathers, Palinuk told USA Today. Now to find myself at the age that my father was when I was trashing him made me want to revisit it from the father's perspective and see if things were any better and why it repeats like that. Okay. Sounds just like Fight Club. Yeah, this is about Fight Club, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Uh, this drops in April 2015. I mean, who's not going to be reading this? Uh, yeah, I mean, I trust these guys, but uh, and I hope it's good. <laughs> Cameron Stewart, more and more, I've decided that I would like him to draw everything. He's fantastic. I want him to draw everything. He's comic. totally fantastic. Harrow County, Cullen Bunn, and Tyler Crook, they describe this as backwoods horror. Harrow County follows the story of Emmy, a teenager on the verge of becoming an adult who realizes that the ghosts, ghouls, and goblins that surround Harrow County and her secluded farm are all too real. And when the townsfolk realize that Emmy has a connection with the creatures that lurk in the shadows, they put her on the run for her life. It's a part coming-of-age tale and part horror story coming in April 2015. Cullen Bunn seems to do well everywhere but Marvel. <laughs> right. Um, and now he's at DC as well. Yeah. And I don't care about Sinestro even I a little. don't either. Now, to be fair, that, that that's not so much his abilities as what's going on in the New 52 and right. that character. I'm just not interested in reading it. Right. But his indie stuff, man. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Love it. Oh, yeah. And if him putting out books from Marvel and DC allows him to do this other crap, then I'm all for it. Fine. Yeah, whatever. Tyler Crook is an amazing artist. He was drawing BPRD for a while. He is fantastic. I love him. Yeah. I love him. If anyone Perfect was going to draw horror. it, like, he also drew, um, he did I a graphic recall. novel called Petrograd. 
It's beautiful. It would seem pretty easy to just kind of work this into the BPRD universe, you know? Uh, Yeah, but I mean... And they didn't say it's not, but they didn't say it is. It's not, though, because it's it's creator-owned, which means it's... Eh, It's still owned. They own it, not Mike McNeil. Yeah, whatever. That's it so far from Dark Horse. That's all I really noticed at Dark Horse. That's all I really noticed. So we're going to move right on to Dynamite Entertainment, who announced a few things, the excitement level of which (laughs) will vary from listener to listener. Dynamite announced that they have acquired the rights to Will Eisner's The Spirit. Leave it alone. (laughs) Which was previously at IDW. They said that new material will be published. No concrete plans were announced. Good job, guys. Hooray. (laughs) Another golden age property of Dynamite. Big shock. I'm excited about this one. The Lone Ranger returns with all new number one this November by Justin Gray and Ray Villegas. Sure. Covers will be by John Cassidy and Mark Lanning. Love Justin Gray. He was doing Jonah Hex before they made Jonah Hex a time traveler and all that crap. And it was great. And Listen, I'm, people I, complain about that, but Jonah Hex is used to time traveling, okay? You I should know, read his, I know. You should read Hex It just from it the was 80s. Old West, and it was fun, and Justin Gray is good at that, and I love the Lone Ranger as a character. I'm picking this up. John Cassidy's been doing Lone Ranger covers for a long time. Yeah, yeah, and they're beautiful. And this guy, Mark Lamming, he's doing a lot of great stuff, too. Yeah. He uh, did some stuff uh, recently in All New Invaders. Okay. Really good. I didn't know anyone was still reading that book. It's great. Is it? All New Invaders is awesome. Okay. I love it. But that is a different company altogether. We're still on Dynamite here. John Carter, colon, Warlord of Mars. Which is good, because we haven't had enough of these. Written by Ron Mars. <laughs> how, could it, how could it be any more appropriate? With art by Ab- Abhishek Malsuni. Sorry about that. Wow, wow. Abhishek. <laughs> Oddly enough, this is the first time Dynamite has ever been able to use the iconic John Carter title. So are they legal now? Did they get it? Yeah, like they are now in cooperation with the uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs estate or whatever. So they were, they were all like, this is not how it is. It's so you guys are total perverts. They no. went, Here's your check. And they went, okay, it's all yours. No, well, I don't know. Like <laughs> They were upset about like the variant covers with like the naked ladies on them. I don't, I don't, stuff, under, I don't really understand all of the ins and outs of it, but the way I kind of understood it was that John Carter... Like those stories are in public domain, right? So, like, like Lone Ranger, you can if you want to make a Lone Ranger comic, go for it. Sure, but unless you're going to make a movie with Johnny Depp as Tonto, and then it's going to fail. <laughs> sure, but like the idea of calling it John Carter, it, anything, right? You know that was that was still kind of tied up. So now it's all it's all home at the same place. Mars said, "Quote: This is literally a job I've been wanting to do since I was 12 years old." I was just the right age when I discovered John Carter, Dejah Thoris, Tars Tarkas, and the wonder of Edgar Rice Burroughs' as Mars. It fired my imagination like almost nothing else, so to finally get a chance to write these characters to visit that world is a dream come true for me. No release date yet given. Ron Mars, man. He's good. Well, I like Ron Mars. I like Ron Mars, I too. have not cared about anything that he's written in many years. I will say, every time I review one of his top cow books or something, I don't read them regularly, but I can't. I can't say leave it. They're always pretty decent. You no, know? I'm. No, it's just it's. I I just have no interest. Fair enough. But I would check out. I would check out Ron Mars's. I'll give it a try. John Carter. Moving on to IDW Skylanders. Brace yourselves, parents. Skylanders <laughs> will launch in comic form this October by Ron Mars, that guy, Mike Bowden, and David Bal- Baldion. David Baldion's been around. For That's a while. it. What? Are they, what is it? Why brace yourself, parents? What's that mean? Do you not know what Skylanders is? I don't know anything about it. Holy crap! Skylanders is—it's this weird. There was this. 
there was this PlayStation game years ago. Okay. Like when PlayStation was new, it was called Spyro the Dragon. Make this a quick story. We got to get through. Yeah, a whole no, bunch I, of I get it. <laughs> so Spyro the Dragon, it had this weird little life cycle on the PlayStation and the PlayStation yeah, Two. Yeah, yeah, there was like four or five Spyro games. Right, and they were fun and good. They were all And good. then it kind of died. I felt like it died away. Okay. And then all of a sudden, somebody in charge of that property had the genius idea to say action figures that connect to your video game. What? What does that even mean? It's like Pokemon, but with Spyro. Got it. And instead of packs, it's $10 action figures. Oh my God. That you buy and you plug into this thing that connects to your Xbox and it puts the character in the game. Oh boy. I know. It's such a racket and I wish I had thought of it. Wow. Skylanders the comic, man. Get ready for your kids to want this. Gotcha. I thought you were like, brace yourself, parents. This one's perverted. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no. It's, it's porn for kids. It's like cute little animal <laughs> warriors like doing battle and stuff. It's it's crazy. They're like battle beasts kind okay. of. Okay. All right. Finally in comics. Orphan Black. Here's a fun little thing. Orphan Black is a Canadian TV show set in America that airs on BBC America. hey <laughs> Wow. Uh, starring a British actress. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. real strange. Orphan Black debuted in March 2013 on BBC America and Canada's Space Network. The show, which stars Tatiana Maslany as Sarah Manning, a woman who becomes involved in a conspiracy after discovering that she is one of several vastly different clones. That's what that's about, huh? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's so, Orphan Black is so goddamn That's what I've good. heard. That's what I've heard. I've got them, I've got them downloaded. i got to watch them. Oh, man. Yeah. It's great. I didn't give it a chance at first, but then I finally went into it, and it's amazing. I've heard it's amazing. No creative team has been announced. The press release says, quote, the comic will not be a clone (laughs) of the show, but will feature all new stories set in the complex and thrilling world of Orphan Black, blah, blah, blah. No release date given. So essentially all they did was announce that they got the license and that they're going to put out a comic. Sure. I'll get more excited when I know who's doing it and when it's coming out, but I love that show and I totally want to see more stories from that universe. Here's an idea that's about 15 years too late. Galaxy Quest. Yeah. By Eric Burnham and Nasno. Is that a misprint? Nakno. Nope. Nakno? Yeah, I don't know how you say it, but wow. that's how it's spelled. I'm going to go with Nasno. Aranz. Sure. The series will serve as a direct sequel to the film and will deal with the consequences of Tim Allen's character using a time travel device to rewrite history. Coming out later this year, I love the Galaxy Quest movie. Do I need more? Probably not. You know what? There was a Galaxy Quest comic uh, a few years ago. Was it Dark Horse? I think it was it was IDW. IDW. Okay. And it was pretty great. It's um, pretty great. I think I read that and I do yeah, I remember being fun. I love Galaxy Quest and I I'm interested. I'm and interested. nerds, they remember, man. They do. That's the whole point of Galaxy Quest. There you go. <laughs> TMNT Ghostbusters. Because you demanded it. By Eric Burnham. That guy is busy. Tom Waltz and Dan Schoening. Tom Waltz is really good. Eric Burnham and Dan Schoening, uh, Tom Waltz, I suppose, as well. Um, they are the regular creative team of... TMNT, isn't it? Well, Dan Schoening is the artist of Ghostbusters. Right. So maybe it's like a mashup between the two creative teams. Could be. Donatello builds an interdimensional transporter, like you do. Sure. And out lands... Of, out of old pizza boxes. Right. And lands <laughs> the turtles in the alternate New York City of the Ghostbusters... The villain is tied to the TMNT universe, but may or may not be alive. Hence the Ghostbusters, I suppose. Again, later this year is all we know about this one. I don't know. IDW and these weird mashups, you can't stop them. They sell. 
which is why they keep going. Uh, I don't particularly care, but I will say that Burnham's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is very good, and the Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters comic is real good too. Is really good, and like even that X Files conspiracy stuff they did, where the X Files like investigated everybody, they were a lot of fun. This stuff sounds dumb, but when you read them, they're pretty fun. <laughs> and <laughs> you know what? It. And that's what it's all about. Like, I suppose. Who cares if it doesn't make any sense for the X Files to meet the fucking Transformers? Right. <laughs> I still want to read it. Speaking of crossovers, Star Trek: Planet of the Apes, the Primate Directive. Get it? This sounds awesome. Oh my god! <laughs> Scott and David Dipton write it, and Rachel Scott is on the art duties here. IDW and Boom Studios team up for this crossover which will see the classic James T. Kirk crew of the USS Enterprise interact with Taylor, Nova, and the rest of the cast from the original Planet of the Apes film, with the Klingons secretly backing a renegade guerrilla general. <laughs> I can't not laugh while saying this. In a coup for control of Ape City, Captain Kirk finds himself in the uncomfortable position of having to help out Dr. Zayas orangutans. What?! No release date is given. I don't care. I'm totally in. Well, this have, is going to be awesome. Listen, <laughs> no spoilers, but what do you mean they cross paths with the Planet of the Apes apes? Isn't it Earth? They're on Earth. Well, it, but it, we don't know. Is it another dimension? Uh, there's all kinds of stuff. All we right. I mean, we don't know. <laughs> right? So, I mean, don't get too excited here. I don't care. Scott and David Tipton write fucking awesome Star Trek comics. This is going to be awesome. I'm calling my shot right, right now. Can't wait. All right. I'll, I'll look forward to your review. One quick announcement from Boom Studios, but I, it's a big one, I suppose. They showed up, yelled as loud as I could, and left. Escape from <laughs> New York! <laughs> Escape from New York by Christopher Sabella. Christopher Sabella, huge up-and-comer. Writes High Crimes for Monkey Brain. That's, yeah, okay. Uh, he's also done, uh, he co-wrote Captain Marvel for a while with Kelly Sue. Awesome writer. No artist has been named. Escape from New York is set in 1997, the future world of 1997. <laughs> I love it. In which the Big Apple has been completely written off by the government and turned into a giant prison. After getting captured, Pliskin is conned into saving the president. After his plane goes down over Manhattan. He wrote Shadow Man as well for Valiant. He didn't write it the whole time. He wasn't writing it the whole time. Justin Jordan started that yep. book. Okay. This is hitting in December of this year. Boom. Didn't Boom also put out Big Trouble in Little China or was that IDW? I think it's Boom. Boom. So Boom is just like, give me all the Kurt Russell properties. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> maybe they bought them all in a bundle. I can't wait for the <laughs> I can't wait for the breakdown comic. Like, maybe this is a bundle. <laughs> Enemy Mine? No, that was Randy Quaid. Vanilla Sky? No, that was Dennis Quaid, not Randy Quaid. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Randy Quaid was not in Enemy Mine. Vanilla Sky? <laughs> Kurt Russell's in there. <laughs> he was a psychologist. Oh, jeez. Overboard? Oh, that's going to be oh, great. Oh, Overboard. Damn it. I missed my <laughs> opportunity to make an Overboard joke. Titan Comics showed up and announced six new titles launching in 2015. Titan coming up big time. The new titles will see publication in early 2015 and include an alien planet adventure, Thunder Hunter by Mark A. Nelson, teenage horror Gravestown by Roger Gibson, and Vince Danks. These are some British dudes, which is described as a twisted the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. Oh, man. Whew. Environmental horror Surface Tension by Jay Gunn, Manga-infused police thriller, Man Plus, by Andre Lima Araujo. Oh, man, the preview art for that looked bonkers. Turn-of-the-century adventure, Adler, featuring the Sherlock Holmes femme fatale, Irene Adler, and 
spy actioner, which is a very British word, Scarlet Couture by Des Taylor. I, I mean, I don't know. All I can tell you is every Titan book that I've read recently has been really good. Right. Titan oh, yeah. is coming up. Ordinary was amazing. The Doctor Who comics were both great, which we're going to talk about. Totally. But you know what? They they I don't even know if they were at Comic-Con, but they put out this press release, listed everything in one paragraph, with divided by semicolons, and it's the most difficult to parse announcement yeah, ever, I just, ever written. Good God. <laughs> trying to read that was bizarre. But they all sound fun. They showed preview art for a bunch of them. Man Plus looks crazy. Uh, surface tension is this weird, you know, uh, kind of like the wake-ish kind of right. undersea or out to sea. Under the scary sea. Scary stuff. You know, sharks, bad bad, bad news. Sharks and, then, and bad news. Yeah. Uh, and then this <laughs> this thing about Irene Adler off on her own adventures sounds totally great. Right. I'm in. Good job, Titan. All right. Coming from across the pond, Titan. Which brings us to the big two. Let's start with DC. They didn't have a whole lot to say. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> so, inexplicably, DC continued its trend of not announcing anything new at Comic-Con. But as always, DC doesn't make a habit of saving announcements for convention season. Why would they do that? <laughs> That's just how they do it. When, when they were ready to announce books like Gotham Academy and the new creative team on Batgirl, they just went ahead and did it. Instead, the publisher and its creators focused on current storylines and series and things that have already been announced, like the upcoming Earth 2 World's End Weekly series, Grant Morrison's upcoming Multiversity, and Grayson. Now, some teases did slip through, however. Batwoman will soon be teaming up with a group of horror horror characters called the Unknowns. Oh, I thought it was the Unknowns, sorry. The Unknowns. <laughs> the Unknowns. <laughs> Featuring Ragman. Love him! Etrigan the Demon. Kind of like him. Clayface. Love him, but not a horror character. And Clayface is kind of a horror character. Uh, yeah. No, he's just a dude that like used an experimental makeup and freaked out. He was a horror actor, and he mutated into I a mean, monster. Sure, but I like mean, Ragman is possessed by spirits. Etrigan is a demon. Clayface. Shut up. And a new character named Red Alice. Oh, boy. Francis Manipal teased the new 52 debut of Anarchy. Oh, it's about time. Yes. Wait a and didn't Anarchy already show up? Did he? Yeah. Okay, so... We he, already saw Anarchy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right. Uh, he appeared in uh, a zero-year tie-in, Green Lantern Corps number 25. It was dumb. It was forced. But... Uh, I gave it a leave it. Then maybe this is like a new Anarchy. Okay. Okay. So, all right, all right. And finally, Scott Snyder promised fans that they'd see the return of the Joker saying, quote... If Death of the Family was a comedy, which it was, then this one will be a tragedy. It'll be the scariest Joker we've ever done. Can they fix his fucking face? Yes, I'm so they're gonna, over this. They're going to fix his face. God, I'm over it. There's the fact that he didn't get an infection. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, come on. You don't know he's not infected. He's probably infected. <laughs> you know, what is the name of fever? <laughs> he's but, laying down vomiting. So Scott Snyder essentially said, like, in Death of the Family, the Joker. In his own mind, he's like, Batman, I love you. And this is how I'm showing that I love you. Right, right. And now the the Joker will be like, I poured my heart out to you and you rejected me. And now I'm going to burn this entire world to the ground. Oh, boy. Exciting. No, I, I want to read Scott Snyder. I want Scott Snyder the Joker. to fix the Joker, please. And finally, in their attempt, as I like to put it, win the con. Stupid thing to say. Marvel Comics announced a million new titles, starting with. Spider-Verse team up. This is in no particular time yeah. order. It's just nope. whatever whatever order it crossed my desk. We're, we're dumping it on you, kids. In the spirit of A versus X 
and Original Sins, Marvel Comics, Spider-Verse team-up is set to put the spotlight on the many co-starring Spider-Men in the upcoming Spider-Verse event. Each installment of the three-issue miniseries will feature two stories, one by Superior Spider-Man 32 and 33 scribe Christos Gage. And, you know, he's written plenty of other stuff they could mention. (laughs) But he is writing those specific Spider-Verse tie-ins. And another written by some of the classic Spidey writers in Marvel history with a number of mystery artists yet to be revealed, bringing together any and all Spider family members. The miniseries is is already set to include Miles Morales, Old Man Spidey, Spider-Ham, May Mayday Parker, and much more. This just sounds like a goddamn blast. Yeah, but you know. (laughs) I realize they're they're milking money out of me, but I will totally pick these up just to see what all these characters are doing. (laughs) But you know, it's also, it is a... I'm super geeked out for spider It's an event tie-in and an anthology event tie-in, which means it's more like Avengers vs. X-Men versus or whatever. AVX versus where it was just like... Fight. All the story stuff is over here. This right. is where they just smash each other. You know, but I mean, like, you know, they're totally, they're going to do Spider Ham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. It's, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You got my money. You know? Yeah, right. And you know what? I love events. So, like, sure. I don't mean to say that as a complaint. I'm just saying, prepare yourself. It's probably not going to be the most right. uh, deep comic book storytelling. <laughs> right. Speaking of milking you for your spider money, hey, oh. Scarlet Spiders by Mike Costa and Paco Diaz. I do like Mike Costa. I do like Paco Diaz. This one features the 616 Kane, the current Scarlet Spider, the ultimate Jessica Drew, and an alternate universe Ben Riley on a secret mission tied to Spider-Verse. <laughs> this version of Ben Riley is from a universe where Peter never came out of retirement and Ben never stopped being Spider-Man. Jesus. <laughs> this is intense. This is a, essentially, if you didn't catch it, an all-clone squad yeah. of alternate Peter Parkers because Jessica Drew in the Ultimate Universe is a clone of Peter Parker. That is correct. It's a three-issue mini starting in November. This is the one I'm excited about because it's the return of Ben f***ing Riley, a character that I loved. This is insane. This is loved. going to make the clone saga look like... I'm so excited. <laughs> look like brunch. <laughs> you know? I can't wait. I can't wait for spider Thanksgiving it's dinner. Be, this is going to be nuts. It's going to be so fun. Angela. Asgard's assassin. When Neil Gaiman's angelic warrior woman Angela was introduced in the Marvel U in the final issue of 2013's Age of Ultron, in a surprise that no one cared about, she <laughs> was a woman in search of her past. And in the current Original Sin tie-in miniseries, Thor and Loki, The Tenth Realm, she's finally getting the answers she was searching for, much to her chagrin. That's because Angela is a woman trapped between two warring realms. Asgard, ruled by her father, the god king Odin, because she's Thor's sister, (laughs) and a secret tenth realm of angelic warriors that trained her to hate Asgard. This is co-written by Kyrian Gillen, who we both love, and newcomer Marguerite Bennett, with art by Phil Jimenez, who we both love, Mm -hmm. and Stephanie Hans, who's done a lot of variant cover work previously. She is awesome. Yeah, Stephanie Hans is great. Totally great. Listen, I know that Angela has a lot of, you know, there was a lot of stigma attached to Angela because she was a Spawn character, right? forced into the Marvel Universe. Forced being the operative word. I get it. I get it. But she's been kind of fun. She's been in the Marvel Universe. She's been, she's really been good. kind of fun. She's super tough. She doesn't take any crap. She And this idea that, she, yes, she's Thor's sister. And I understand like the immediate reaction might be, what? That's stupid. But she is like the reverse Loki. 
Yeah. Like she was raised by Asgard's enemies to fucking hate Asgard. Yeah. And Kieran Gillen called her, said in this series, she will be, quote, a scary motherfucker. Right. Which, <laughs> like, whoa. Yeah, I think I saw another thing that said, like, she'd be, she's the scariest woman in the galaxy. So is she leaving Guardians? I don't, well, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Because I kind of like her in Guardians right now. Yeah, I think that this sounds fun. It's yet another female-led ongoing series from Marvel. They're, yeah, they heard everybody screaming, and here you go. You got Storm, you got Angela, you got, I mean, and it would be Captain one- Marvel. There is a long list of female-driven comics coming out from Marvel. It would be one thing if they were shoving her down our throats and saying, here is... Uh, you know, the further adventures of Angela written by Tom DeFalco. Right. No offense, Tom DeFalco. I'm just plugging your name out of thin air. Right. But I mean, like, this is a list. Is DeFalco even still alive? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember him for a while. In fact, he's doing stuff over at DCD. Good. Uh, <laughs> With all the other old guys. With all the other <laughs> 90s editors, right? These are big names. Yeah. Like, Marguerite Bennett is like doing a lot of big stuff now. Yeah. She's uh, on Batman Eternal, she's all over DC. She's got her own, create her own stuff in the in the works. You can listen to her interview on Comics Therapy hey, from last week. We know those guys. Check that out. Kieran Gillen, come on. He's Love like the it. hottest dude in Love comics him. right now. And the more he writes in the Asgard mythos, the more I will buy. He Great. is so good there. Like, if you liked your journey into mystery, Ugh. there's no reason to think that this will not be amazing. Loved it. Captain America and the Mighty Avengers. I am so happy to see that this book is sticking around. It is a relaunch of Mighty Avengers. Coming in November, written by Al Ewing, still, whom I've come to love. He's great. Cap artist Luke Ross comes on as penciler. Luke Ross, Luke is, Ross is so is, good. He's, he did a lot of Jonah Hex yeah. back before it rebooted. It is Sam Wilson as Captain America leading the Mighty Avengers. The first three issues tie into Axis. They may also be leading to some sort of Avengers war. Which they've only really hinted at. We like don't know much. Avengers about. versus the Mighty Avengers or something? I don't know. Kind of like that? I don't know. Uh, I like to think of the Great Lakes Avengers versus everyone else. Ooh. <laughs> Ewing said in an interview with Newsarama that the lineup will be established in Mighty Avengers 14 prior to the relaunch. And then it will also include Spider-Man. We got to look at the cover. And the cover. They it's meant, cool. They the mentioned that Neo. She-Hulk is going to be there. She's in Mighty Avengers. Is she? Yeah. I didn't even know. I, I believe so. I didn't think she was there yet. Yeah, I think she's in there. Okay. Oh, she just popped up, like an issue like 12. Yeah, I think the team is the same. It's just the team we have now plus Falcon, or plus and, Captain America. And Spider-Man's going to be joining. Well, Superior Spider-Man was in it right. before that. Now it's going to be plain old Spider-Man. Yeah, well, I think it's great. I think it's great. Listen, Mighty Avengers is awesome. I got to catch up on it's it. It's awesome. I, I read it all in one chunk over a weekend. It's really, really good. I got to catch up. I know Greg Land does the art, but it's not that bad. And now he's not the artist anymore. Friend of the show, Greg Land, <laughs> who we don't care for. Look, Greg Land, <laughs> you and me go way back, buddy. He does the job. He does the job. It's, it's not for everybody, we've, but we've he had does some, the job. We've had some rough years. You know. Deathlock, number one, hits in October, written by Nate Edmondson with art by Mike Perkins. I can't f***ing wait for this. I love Deathlock. There was a preview in Original Sins, number one, maybe? I don't think Recently, so. Recently, yeah, yeah. What? Original Sins. Oh, gotcha. The the little anthology. One of the spinoffs, yeah. Uh it was it was the guy. Well, oh, you you haven't described it yet, but Nope. This is described by Edmondson as he is not aware that when he's in the field, he becomes activated and is a weapon of war. He'll watch it later on TV and have no idea it was him. He's the Terminator. 
He's RoboCop meets Jason Bourne meets the Manchurian Candidate. Awesome. This sounds nuts. Yeah, and that was the story. In Original Sins number one, like some random dude that was on the street when the Watcher's eyeball exploded. He's like a sleeper agent. Yeah, uh, some guy like gained all these secrets and he saw Deathlock at the train station. He's like, you're him, you're Deathlock. And, And the guy is like, what are you talking about, man? Cool. You are crazy. Get away from me. So he's not going to be a black dude with a pig nose and a metal head plate. Well, he's a black dude, but he looks more human. He's okay. le- he's less zombie, more cyborg. Oh, into it. Yeah. Nate Edmondson. Love it. Mike Perkins. Great, too. You yeah, totally. This one's fun. Avengers Rage of Ultron. Original graphic novel. I love that play on the Age of Ultron. Written by Rick Remender with art by Jerome Pena. In. You can just stop a, there. A bitch. <laughs> like I'm in. An original graphic novel, Jerome Pena. God damn it. Remender said that he and Marvel Senior Vice President of Publishing Tom Brevoort wanted to do something like The Killing Joke in Rage of Ultron, meaning they wanted a graphic novel that stood on its own but had a significant impact on continuity. Whoa. Hmm. Quote, by the end of it, we will have a whole new Ultron, a whole new status quo, and we will have set something up that leads to exciting plans and... Star Fox is going to play a big role. <laughs> is he going to have sex with Ultron? Like, what's going to do? <laughs> I don't know. This will hit in April of 2015. They showed some art. It's just, come on. Just in time for May of 2015, Hey-o. which will be your new Avengers movie. It is no coincidence. Avengers and X-Men colon Access. Still no clue what Access is really about, but... We know that Plant Man will be in it. <laughs> yep. I don't even know who the hell Plant Man is. Oh, man, he's a classic. We know that Act 1 is going to be called Red Supremacy, and Act 2 is called Inversion. Now, if you remember, last week or the week before, we talked a little bit about Axis, and we right. talked about we don't know what it's about. But Red Supremacy. But there was a rumor. It's definitely the Red Skull. Definitely the Red Skull. And then there was a rumor going around that it was something about a mind swap, where like the villains and the heroes like switch identities or something. Something like that. Which, if he is in Onslaught's armor and has psychic abilities that he He's took got Professor X's brain. Professor X's brain, he could do that. I mean, and Act 2 is called Inversion. So, <laughs> I mean, let's read between the lines. Cool. This just in Comic-Con is still going as we record this. It's only 3.15 in San Diego. What? How is that possible? I know. It's time travel. At the Women of Marvel. It's 4.15. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Here. It's 4.15. It's only it's 4.15 in San Diego. We're reporting from Brazil. Yes. At the Women of Marvel panel, Marvel announced an all-new Spider-Woman ongoing series launching in November. Of course, spinning out of Spider-Verse, it will be written by Avengers Arena's Dennis Hopeless. We like him a lot. With art by Greg Land. We'll just be quiet. Listen. <laughs> we already said some things. We don't need to say anything else. <laughs> uh, this is direct from Newsarama. After serving as a secret agent, alien hunter, Avenger, and even an agent of Hydra for a time, Spider-Woman has now taken up with a spider army in a war at the center of Spider-Verse. With her extensive background, Jessica Drew is considered an experienced leader in this army, and because of that, she is tasked with their newest recruit, Silk. For those that don't know, Silk was just introduced this week in the pages of Amazing Spider-Man. Okay, she's the thing. She's the much-hyped, the other person that was bitten by the radioactive spider before it died. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Okay. So it's spinning out of original sin. Okay. So, Spider-Woman and Silk, team up. I like Spider-Woman. 
a lot. I like Spider-Woman <laughs> a lot. I like Dennis Hopeless. I think they need to flesh this character out because like we had a fun miniseries by Brian Michael Bendis a while ago, but it didn't really go anywhere, and it didn't do much for the character. Yeah, I wasn't super in love with that series. Other than make her a little more confusing. Yeah. And I hope Hopeless, no pun intended, Ayo. I hope Hopeless is going to delve into her past a little bit and flesh it out. Here's a little more from Hopeless. Silk is the new recruit to Jessica's veteran, and now it's Spider-Woman's job to keep this girl alive, and that's no easy task. Silk is incredibly powerful and enthusiastic about being a hero, but from Jessica's perspective, she's a dangerous liability. Hey. Silk's inexperience makes her unpredictable, and that scares the hell out of Jess. That's kind of fun, like an odd couple, where, or like she's in charge of this young person that doesn't have any common sense and all this power. I think that's a fun idea, and yeah. Hopeless is great at young characters. Definitely. Also, just in... At the Marvel's Next Big Thing panel, Marvel talked about a lot of things, including some tie-ins to the death of Wolverine, many of which were already announced. There were a couple of new ones. We're not going to really talk about that. The death of Wolverine is its own weird thing and whatever. But they also announced a new S.H.I.E.L.D. ongoing series. This is S.H.I.E.L.D. S period, H period, I period, E period, L period, D period. Launching in December by Mark Wade with rotating artists. It's in continuity, and it will star the characters from the TV show. So now you can no longer say that the TV show doesn't feature <laughs> any Marvel characters. Well, we're going to get to that, actually. And we'll get there. Uh, Carlos Pacheco, Alan Davis, Chris Sprouse, and more artists will Love be involved. That is a great list of names. Uh, here's a quote from Wade. This is S.H.I.E.L.D. the TV show, but with an unlimited budget. Okay. The structure of the series is done in one stories colson and his team have a mission and if we need someone for a mission everyone in the marvel universe is available as a potential agent to me that sounds kind of like secret avengers and avengers world so why i mean maybe those books are going away i don't know i i doesn't avengers world isn't that's true it's not yeah right now on the face of it it sounds kind of redundant yeah but i am happy to have a book that's actually about shield i guess i still just don't love the show and i caught up I caught up. All you guys told me I need to catch up because it got better. I did. I barely care. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has gotten way better. Oh, it's improved from sh. I'll give you that. <laughs> like, <laughs> now I'll say it's moved up to just above crap. <laughs> there, wa there was unfortunately no mention, or at least in the brief skim I did of the panel description, no mention of... Jonathan Hickman's shield, which exists in its own limbo, and yeah. we'll be lucky if we ever see the end of it. Probably not. If we do see the end of it, it will probably have very little bearing on anything that's happening. Unless it's a Jonathan Hickman book. Let's move on to arguably the biggest comic announcements, Marvel's Star Wars plans. And, man, I did not see this coming. Jason Aaron and John Cassidy are going to be headlining the Star Wars title. The book will take place after the destruction of the first Death Star, as Luke, Han, and Leia face off against a resurgent Darth Vader as an ongoing, starting in January 2015, Jason Aaron on Star Wars. Weird, right? Is it going to be like dark and dirty and mean as f***ing hell? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I want to see like, like what space hillbillies are yeah, like. Southern bastards in space. <laughs> yeah. I hope there's some sort of weird dog pooping on the first page like there was in Southern Bastard. After that, we got Star Wars, colon, Darth Vader, Kieran Gillen, and Salvador LaRocca with covers by Adi Granov 
This series takes the pitch of the first one and flips it, focusing on Vader as he struggles to regain control over the Empire's troops after his defeat at the end of the first film. This is another ongoing. I love that we get the good guys and the bad guys story. That's right. so cool. Those are both really exciting, huge exciting announcements. announcements. Uh, they also announced Star Wars colon Princess Leia, which I think makes 80 solo female character books at Marvel. <laughs> Roughly, yes. Um, this one is by Mark Wade and Terry Dotson. It's just a mini, and that's fine, but it seems like it will be a rotating series of minis focusing on different characters in the Star Wars universe. Leia is the first. It's five issues oh. starting in March. Got it. Also taking place after the Battle of Yavin, the miniseries will focus on the princess without a world as her home planet of Alderaan was destroyed at the start of the first film. That's kind of something we never really got. Yeah. Is like Princess Leia actually realizing that her planet got obliterated. Yeah, she was just like, oh no! Anyway. Let's keep this movie going! (laughs) (laughs) Man, I can't wait for Frank Thierry's Mon Mothma book. That is going to (laughs) be... Man, that's going to be cool. (laughs) She puts the womp rat in the microwave <laughs> as a child. <laughs> oh, man. These are huge names for these Star Wars books. And I like I knew in 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 my head, I knew that Marvel knew they'd have to knock it out of the park. Yeah, I mean, come on. But part of me was just I was just expecting them to just we've got the we've got the rights because our parent company owns it. So it's just going to be by somebody I generic. I don't think it's Marvel style anymore. And man. they just went nuts. Not with Not to it. mention, like, think of the dudes that got in line. They're like, uh, excuse me. I would like to write Darth Vader. Right. <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah. Really? Now, and God bless Dark Horse. They did such a fantastic job with Star Wars. They really, really did. But man, they can't write the checks that Marvel can to these big name guys to write Star Wars. Marvel can go get anybody they want that's currently working for them to write any Star Wars character you can think of. I mean, just wait for the Boba Fett story. Wait for the Bosk story that's probably coming. Wait for the Han Solo series. Dengar. Yeah. I mean, they're all going to come, and they're going to be written by guys that you love because Marvel and Disney have the bucks to pay them to do it. The four-armed guy that runs the diner in episode one. (laughs) Oh, he had a terrible name, too. I can't remember what it was. Dexter Jexter. Dexter Jexter. Cool. Not as bad as (laughs) Elyon Sleazebagano. No, no, no. Well, he was a drug dealer. He's a sleazebag. Yeah, right. Before we move on to TV and movies, how about a little news about Comixology? There you go. Uh, Comixology dropped some pretty huge news, actually. It's not super flashy, but I think it's important to the industry. They have announced that they, they in fact, have already started to offer DRM-free downloads of digital comics purchases, either in PDF or CBZ format. Well, Apple figured this out like eight years ago. So congratulations, guys. <laughs> Welcome aboard. Marvel, DC, and IDW have not yet opted into the program, which I totally saw coming. They're going to fight it every step of the way. Image Comics, Dynamite, Monkey Brain, Thrillbent, Top Shelf, and Xenoscope are all participating. Self-published creators will have the option as well. Downloaded titles will not feature Comixology's guided view technology, which makes sense. I sure. mean, you're just you're downloading a file. Right. So this isn't like this isn't like you've bought something in the cloud and then quote unquote downloaded it to your iPad. Right. Once it's on your iPad, it's still You bought the comic. You bought the comic, but you still don't have that file. This is, you are downloading an actual file that you can save onto a hard drive. Which is how it should be. 
you own this thing. If and if comicsology, right? And if comicsology gets swallowed by a volcano, right? You still have the comics. you own those files. Actually, it's more like if you came to Legend Comics, bought your comics, and then you went, "Thanks, I'm gonna take these with me." And you went, "No, no, 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 they you, have to stay here. You have to read them here." Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll store them for you here. Yep, and you <laughs> can come read them whenever you want. <laughs> sure. But I think that's huge news because yes. that's one of the, I think, a huge barrier of, uh, of entry for a lot of people with digital comics that the idea they can't own the stuff. Of course. And now they can. Let's get to the big news. Let's get to the TV and movie news. This is huge, huge stuff. We start with Superman v. Batman, Dawn of Justice. The WB slash DC released a clear, close-up profile view of Ben Affleck as Batman and the first official image of Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Affleck looks grizzled, very Frank Miller. He looks old, and the cowl is the most faithful to the comics that we've ever seen. It's true. Gadot looks amazing as Wonder Woman. She really does. I mean, she needs a sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's a little skinny. She's still a little skinny. I wish she was beefier, but I will say the first thing I saw when I I looked at it was, this is Sparta! (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's It's, very 300. It's very very Zack Snyder. But she's got a Sword? She looks tough as nails. Yeah. I wish and it's she not was a beefy. bathing suit. It's no. she's got like that kind of armor. It looks like a suit of armor. It looks like a sparkly loin suit of thing, armor. right? Yeah. Oh man. Like she looks super tough. She really does. I, I will tell you what, it took me, I looked at it four times before I finally noticed that she actually had the lasso. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, look at that sword. Well, she but looks I think badass. It was, it was all lighting and stuff. No, I know. And yeah. I, that's not a complaint. I'm just like, I didn't I didn't once zero in on anything that made me think this isn't wonder woman right in fact the one iconic element of wonder woman i didn't even notice until like the fourth time i the looked eagle at eagle on her chest no lasso oh the lasso the lasso's okay. just right there she's got it right there they're not... i looked directly at her chest that yeah, was of course you right where i went <laughs> right <laughs> kidding I'm she kidding. looked good i will say that it's like a little washed out but it might just have been the photo well it's also like a picture where she's like on a volcano or something right so, right I mean, so it's I'm, lit weird it, it, it's it looks like shades of brown not red and blue right maybe it'll be a little bit a, a little bit more colorful in the actual thing i wish she was beefier that's my only complaint but you know she looks great she looks the part yep and that's i think step one she looks cool now if she can pull off the character right she is good in those fast and the furious movies yeah i you know i admit for i watched little, fast and furious she, she, for what little she, she does job. in them right <laughs> so it's not like as an actress she's a complete train wreck no 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 this isn't kate upton Today, I saw some like shaky cam footage that somebody snuck of the little presentation they showed. Right. And it was an actual video clip yeah. of Batman lighting up the bat signal. And in the light, in the distance, you see the beam of light. And in the beam of light comes down Superman. And his eyes flare up with heat vision. And when you see Batman, he is wearing the armor. That he was wearing in Dark Knight Returns when he beat Superman's ass. That's pretty cool, though. <laughs> yeah, it looked rad. That's and Batman's cool. eyes were all glowy because it's armor. Ah. Oh, man. I know. Moving on to Justice League. Deadline has reported that Superman v. Batman, colon, Dawn of Justice, and Argo <laughs> screenwriter and Academy Award winner Chris Terrio is being courted by Warner Brothers to script the Justice League film. Well, of course he is. Yeah. He's writing the prequel. Right. So I'm not even sure how that's news. You better do that. <laughs> yes. Image had a little TV news of their own. Shocking no one. 
Robert Kirkman announced. Him and Paul as a Seda's title, Outcast, is already in production at Cinemax. Kirkman will write the pilot and serve as the, as the executive producer. I'm not buying Cinemax to <laughs> watch Outcast. Sure. No, neither am I. But hey, I'll steal it from the internet. <laughs> THN does not condone stealing things from the internet. No, they don't. But I do. Unless it's Hercules. <laughs> Unless it's Hercules. And they are jerks. <laughs> yes. When Outcast the comic was announced... It was also announced in the same breath that it was in development for television. Yeah, like anything like, Robert Kirkman like, touches turned to gold. Almost like the comic is an afterthought. Right. Uh, but this is first confirmation that it's uh, on a specific network. Yeah. Weird that it's Cinemax, but hey, whatever. Welcome to... The, well, Cinemax had uh, Strike Back as well. Did they? That was another original series. I did. don't have Cinemax. It was so. pretty good. I don't either, but I stole it from the internet. Okay. Filmmaker Sam Raimi surprised the audience at Comic-Con by revealing that he's writing an Evil Dead television show with Bruce Campbell, Rob Tappert, and his brother, Ivan Raimi. Surprised the audience and me. Yeah. Empire reports that no further details were given. Again, I don't know how it's news then. Other than the idea was something of a bolt from the blue, and they point out that Raimi and Campbell have been trying to get an Evil Dead project off the ground for a while now. A TV show? I mean, I don't know. If it's fun, it's fun. Look, man, I don't know nothing about Evil Dead, so... I mean, I know all kinds of stuff about it. I know stretching into a TV show could be difficult. (laughs) Anyway. Let's move on to the big show, Marvel Studios. Marvel's first huge announcement, another female-led series, this time Agent Carter. Already announced. Marvel Studios co-president, Louis Desposito, revealed during the Marvel Television Presents panel that Captain America... The Winter Soldier directors Joe and Anthony Russo will helm the second and third episodes of the series, while Captain America, the first Avenger director Joe Johnson, is set for the fourth. That's cool. The show will feature the actual original Edwin Jarvis as Howard Stark's butler and an important ally for Peggy Carter. I am so excited that Jarvis is going to be a real guy. Even though they forced him into like old continuity and he's not... I'm fine with it because okay. now like it, if they want to say... it. Maybe Jarvis is still around, but he's just an old guy, right? He, it sounds like he was old back then. If they want to say that, like, when Howard Stark was running around launching S.H.I.E.L.D., his butler Jarvis was running around with him going on adventures, I'm into it. I mean, whatever. And then so later, Tony Stark said, I'm going to bait. It's like if Batman said, I'm going to build a computer and call it Alfred. I suppose. I love I, it. But Alfred's still around. I know. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I think it's so great. Agent Carter is going to be awesome. I hope so. Can't be worse than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Speaking of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Shut up. Bobby Morse, a.k.a. Mockingbird, will be appearing on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but no confirmation on who will be playing her or whether she will be joining the cast as a regular character. Lucy Lawless will play an unnamed reoccurring character during the second season, and Nick Blood, that's his real name, by the way, not the character's name, will be joining the cast playing Lance Hunter, who has a more realistic name than Nick Blood, the Nick Fury of Britain's S.H.I.E.L.D. analog strike. But in the show, Hunter will instead be a mercenary. I don't get it. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of does that. You know, and Marvel Studios does that in general. They take, no, the, I mean, they do. They they take do. the names of characters that yeah. are, that yeah, they had identities, but they were really nobody. Right. And then they just make them into something else. And they're doing it with Ant-Man, and we're going to talk about that in a second. We'll get there. We'll get there. But... Mockingbird on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that's kind of cool. I mean, I like Mockingbird, and if they're introducing like an actual superhero that's going to be on the show, which I hope she is, I really like that character, and she's one they could pull off on that show because, I mean, she doesn't have any powers. 
She's just a kung fu badass. She's a super spy. Yeah. Does her thing. Dates Hawkeye sometimes, you know? I'm into it. Hey, I love it. I'm into it. The Guardians of the Galaxy will appear in all of the current Marvel animated shows, including Ultimate Spider-Man, Hulk, and the Agents of Smash, and Avengers Assemble, before receiving their own animated series... Soon. Sometime. <laughs> on Have Disney you seen XD. Hulk, Agents of Smash? I am not interested in that hunk of junk. Is it on? Yeah, hey, it's on. I didn't even know it was around. I heard that it's terrible. Uh, but, I mean, it's not made for us. It's no, made it's for, made for, it's made for kids. It's for little dudes. Not every con- not every uh, cartoon can be uh, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes or Young Justice. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know? Or Justice League. Right. Know, Unlimited or whatever. Those things, yeah, they appeal to kids, but they were definitely made with us in mind. Most and definitely. These shows are made more to appeal to kids, and that's... I get it. In Ant-Man news, the villain will be Darren Cross slash Yellow Jacket. A weird mashup of the two characters. I don't yeah. get that at all. Darren Cross is a character in Marvel. I know who Darren he Cross is. He played a character named... He, played, uh, he was a villain named Crossfire. Right. Not Hank he, Pym, he's who not was Yellow, Yellow Jacket. Jacket. Right. And he will be played by Corey Stoll, who was in House of Cards and The Strain. I actually like him a lot. He's really good. Uh, he is terrible on The Strain. Oh, is he? I haven't oh, watched he's The Strain He's really yet. bad. He's really bad on The Strain. strain. The Strain is difficult. Is it? Yeah. I haven't watched it yet. The second episode was better than the first one. I'll okay, tell you that. Well, we'll, we're talking about something else. I know, I know. I'm Evangeline Lilly. I'm saying when I read his name, I was like, Corey Stoll, who is that? And I Googled it and went, oh. And so. And dig this. Evangeline Lilly will play Hank Pym's daughter. You ready for this? Hope Van Dyne. Which means somewhere Janet Van Dyne is rolling around. What is going on in this I don't movie? Know. This is bonkers, man. This is what I want for Janet Van Dyne. Michael Douglas is playing Hank Pym. He's right. old. Right. I want Janet Van Dyne to be like his rich trophy wife. And she will join the Avengers. I uh, kind of doubt it. She can still be like normal. She can still be her normal age and be married to Michael Douglas. Okay. But she's a vapid trophy wife? Not, I don't mean it in that, I don't mean it in that way, but you know, like hot, hot young wife and older guy. I don't know, man. This causes me a little, eh. I get a little, when I read stuff like this, like, why are you doing that? Why yellow jacket? Like there aren't enough villains you can throw in. Name one Ant-Man villain. You could pick any villain they haven't done with him. Make him an Ant-Man villain. Egghead. I mean, sure. Egghead is Ant-Man's greatest villain. The spot. You know, like just throw him in there. I don't care. I don't know. Just like doing this to Yellow Jacket, and all of a sudden Hank Pym has a daughter, Hope Van Dyne, who might be your wasp that ends up in the Avengers, truthfully, rather than Janet. I bet you anything, it's Hope. Maybe. Or maybe they're not going to do the wasp at all. Uh, Why use the last name Van Dyne? Because it's fun. Calling my shot. That's fine. Nerd bet. You want to do it? Nerd bet. Hope Van Dyne is your wasp. I don't want to do a nerd bet because I don't necessarily disagree. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not confident enough in my own position to take that obvious. bet. I think it's pretty obvious. Yeah, I mean, you're probably not wrong. Now, mom will probably be named Janet. Bet she's dead. I'm very zen about the whole making changes to fit. And I, I know, I know. They want to they wanna smash together two characters and, ca- and call them Yellow Jacket. And I, That's I fine. don't particularly have, like, this affinity to Ant-Man where I need it to be exactly like well, it was. And do you think you they're know? going to go through the character arc with... Hank Pym, for one thing, is not the star of Ant-Man. Right. Do you think they're going to go through the character arc where Hank Pym goes crazy and becomes Yellow Jacket and smacks his wife? I don't know. The answer is no. Maybe. The answer is no. Well, now Michael Douglas is doing it, not your main Ant-Man. That's what I'm saying. The old flawed Ant-Man beat mom up or whatever. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. 
Avengers Age of Ultron, they showed a little clip, like this weird little mashup clip of stuff that they showed to Comic-Con audiences that waited 30 hours in line and camped yeah. outside to get in, and we won't get to see it. But I am told that they showed glimpses of Thanos, Ultron, including dialogue from James Spader, Captain America, oh, like all the Avengers trying to lift Thor's hammer, and when Cap grabs it, it moves. Whoa. Uh, it's just like reading that it, it filled me with goosebumps. It just moved a little bit of my pants. <laughs> Uh, Captain America shield broken Hulk versus Hulkbuster Iron Man what Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch in action and more and during the panel Josh Brolin who is playing Thanos came out on stage wearing the infinity Good gauntlet God like and the, everyone in the audience's heads exploded <laughs> <laughs> and Marvel's being sued for manslaughter uh. <laughs> That sounds amazing. Man, I can't wait. We got news of Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is officially set for July 28th, 2017, written and directed again by James Gunn. It's already hit. It hasn't even come out. It's already hit. But listen, that movie has premiered. It's on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Okay. There are 25 reviews, right. which is usually a pretty decent sample. All right. It is at 100%. <laughs> what? Are you serious? 100%. So 25 of 25 loved it. Loved it. Wow. I am so excited for Guardians of the Galaxy. what that number does next week. I'm curious. I know. We'll see. There was no Doctor Strange announcement, but a story came out, a rumor more likely, that Joaquin Phoenix is, quote, in talks to play Doctor Strange. I love it. I, I love it. He's creepy. He's brooding. <laughs> I he's think it's weird. weird. He's perfect. He, I mean, they have to get somebody odd. I don't think Joaquin Phoenix, that's higher than I thought they were aiming personally. But you For know the people what? That, like it's, we were naming on the answer of the week. That is way. I mean, Johnny Depp, somebody else called out probably unobtainable because Johnny Depp is not interested in being a movie star anymore, which is why he keeps making terrible movies. That's a reason. He makes them because they make his daughter happy. <laughs> I guess. But Joaquin Phoenix, I love that choice. Love it. Joaquin Phoenix. It's a weird choice, but it's weird in a different way than I think I want. I don't know. I don't I, think it is at all. But, you know, there have been odder casting announcements. Sure. And if it's real, I, Joaquin Phoenix is not a bad actor. So He's I'm, an amazing actor. I'm willing to give myself to it. But just like my, my gut reaction is not one of like, ooh, it's more like, uh. See, I was excited when I heard that. I th and I don't know why it didn't occur to me when we were talking about it on the on the answer of the week. I love it. Marvel has dates set for, dig this, 11 films between May 2015 and May 2019. That's 11 movies in four years. Yeah. That is crazy. But only four have been revealed. Avengers 2, Ant-Man, Captain America 2, and Guardians of the Galaxy 2. What in the hell else? Now, just last week... Something leaked, and we don't know if it was fan-made. Fan-made. There's no way. There's no way it's real. But we don't know for certain. Yes, we do. There was like the World War Hulk thing. Well, because like... they had Avengers 3 listed as Civil War, and there's right. no way Avengers 3 is not anything but the Infinity Gauntlet. Of course. Of course. Well, this, this lends a lot of credit to that story that we reported a while ago where they had that chart on the wall in Axel Alonso's office, I yeah. think, of 25 movies, like going all the way up to 2020 or something like that. Yeah, it's 2022 nuts. or something like that. I mean, wow. that is They are building an empire. They really here. are. And 
no one's done anything like this in Hollywood. This is amazing. And here's the thing. Like, I'm kind of excited that they've listed, like, the ones that have announced, they've already got all the sequels out of the way. Right? The ones that are announced are all sequels. Right. Avengers 2, well, or and Ant-Man, which we already knew was coming. Mm-hmm. Avengers 2, Cap 3, Guardians of the Galaxy Oh, you 2. wrote Captain America 2. I may have said Captain America 2. We meant Captain America 3. We all, but this just opens the door for so many ideas like who knows get that captain get that carol danvers captain marvel movie made right on get a black panther movie made absolutely get it done the smartest thing they ever did was put out gardens of the galaxy stuff and say from the studio that brought you iron man thor captain america the avengers you're welcome it's called you can trust us you can trust us you can trust us (laughs) (laughs) and just do it man yeah. Just do it. Whatever. Pick somebody, run. Give Go. me an Avengers West Coast movie Moon starring Knight. Hawkeye. Moon Knight movie now. I want Hawkeye, <laughs> She-Hulk. Where's my all-new Defenders movie? It's I want it exciting. now. It's, it's exciting. That is the big news from the San Diego Comic-Con. I can't believe we are still standing. We record the show standing. I don't know if you guys knew that. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like one of those newfangled standing desk. If you want to talk about all of the news that came out of San Diego or anything else, you head over to the Two-Headed Nerd forums. And you know we missed a bunch. You know we did. I you, tried my best. You can find them by clicking the forums button at TwoHeadedNerd.com Check this out, guys. We are going to move the answer of the week back a week. So we have until this coming Thursday to answer the current question, which was what is your favorite early work by a known creator? Favorite piece of work that they did before they became a big name? We want to give this one a little more time because it's so much fun and we are exhausted from the size of this damn show. Look, man, a lot of stuff happened this weekend Holy and Comic Con almost broke me in half. Holy craps. We're just going to take a breather. Like I said, you have until this coming Thursday. Answer the question of the week. You this can- Thursday is the 31st Correct. of July. You can hit us up on the Two-Headed Nerd hotline, 402-819-4894. You can send us an email with an mp3 at twoheadednerd at gmail.com. Make sure to keep all those responses under three minutes. And if you want to talk more than that, go to the forums, write a whole damn book about it. We'd love to read it. After a news marathon like that, it's going to take a massive dose of adrenaline cut with mutant growth hormones straight to our hearts if we're going to review 12 of this week's new comics during the ludicrous speed round. On three, Matt, I'll stab you and you stab me. Wait a minute, are we stabbing on three or are we stabbing on four? One. Wait a minute. Two. I'm still not clear on this. Three. Well, hold on. Ludicrous ah! speed round, go! Ludicrous speed, go! Supreme Blue Rose, number one from Image. Warren Ellis and comic newcomer Tula Lote set out to revitalize Rob Liefeld's Superman analog. Lote's art is beautiful, and the script is high on Ellis-level weirdness and big ideas. It's not weird in a cool Moon Knight way. It's more weird in a what-did-I-just-read kind of way, (laughs) but I'm still into it. It's going to be great. Buy it. Transformers versus G.I. Joe number one from IDW. Just saying those words out loud I know. made me smile really big. This is complete lunacy, as one would expect from Godland artist Tom Scioli. He's also writing this one. His vision of both the Joes and the Transformers took me back to the 80s cartoon versions, but with his Jack Kirby on acid style. I have never had this much fun reading a comic 
from either property. This reminded me of looking at some lunatic's doodles in his notebook. It from looked high like school. a comic book that I would have drawn in the eighth grade. Totally. I loved it. I'm giving it a gigantic buy it. It was amazing. It was too much fun. Gru versus Conan, number one from Dark Horse. My whirlwind tour of trying titles I've never read before continues with Gru the Wanderer. Just tear off another nerd stripe. Good lord. Look, I've done it. Sergio Aragones and Tom Yates do a great job blending two wildly different styles together, and Mark Evanier's story is full of charm. He's so good. And old dad jokes. I loved it. Buy it. Storm, number one from Marvel. Speaking of female-driven comics from Marvel, writer Greg Pak was given the job of writing yet another solo X-Characters monthly, and this time it's the weather goddess, Storm. Pack does a nice job with the story and writes convincing Aurora. The art by Victor Ibanez is really nice. It reminds me that of the Brian Hitch work that I used to love. It'd be great to think that Pack could have a long run writing an empowered black woman like Storm, but he's going to have to give me a reason to come back. This was a nice intro and a one-and-done story, but I'm not sure fans are clamoring for a monthly Storm comic. That said, Storm is a very strong ex-character that's been shoved in the background for way too long. And this issue, on its own, gets a straight-up bite. And see, that was my fear, because I am not super interested in the adventures of Solo Storm. They're going to have to make her interesting. Doing one great story is fine. Right. Doing an ongoing and justifying it is a whole other thing. check with you in a year. (laughs) All right. Tuki, number one, from Cartoon Books. I forgot this came out this week. I was super excited for it. Yeah. Bone creator Jeff Smith returns to comics with this series about the first human to leave Africa it's Homo erectus, dudes. Don't giggle. It's science. <laughs> Wonderfully written and drawn, funny and beautiful. Jeff Smith is a master. He really is. It's a little weird because this started as a webcomic, so it's sideways. Oh. And the layouts are all kooky. He's kind of doing it Bloom County style. Uh, like Liberty Meadows, where, yeah. when that came out in comic form, you know, you had to flip it to read it. Right. But it was awesome. I loved it. Buy it. Cool. Jeff Smith, paleontology nerd. Didn't know that. I believe it. He's a nerd. Yeah. Monomyth number one from Awesome. awesome. It's, I think it's awesome. I think it's O-S-S-M. awesome. This is what this is a what if story wherein Lucifer prevents Eve from eating the apple and humanity evolves in Eden. The main character, Enoch, doesn't quite fit in with the peaceful people of Eden and longs to see what mysteries the rest of the world holds. Very 90s image looking art, but not bad. Very 90s image looking art. And a pretty Early solid 90s story. Image oh, art. definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Very solid story, though. I like the twist with Lucifer protecting humanity from the other jealous angels. It was interesting. I'm giving it a buy. Hey, Doctor Who, the 10th and 11th Doctor, number one. That's right. You from get Titan. You get 13 reviews. Whoa. Titan Comics launches not one, but two Doctor Who books on the same week, and I was fully expecting to enjoy one more than the other. One was written by Al Ewing and Rob Williams. I love Al Ewing. I talked about it earlier. I like Rob Williams. Did not know the creators of the other one, but both were really excellent. (laughs) Very well written, with tone and dialogue that match both Doctors perfectly. Great art by both of them. I think if Titan knows they're coming to the the table with Doctor Who comic, they've got to kick ass because the IDW books were really good. These were both excellent, and I'm excited to read them. And there's going to be a third one about the Peter Capaldi Doctor launching in the fall. Holy crap. Three ongoing distinct Doctor Who comics. Armor Hunters, Bloodshot, number one from Valiant. I'm a little behind on Bloodshot, but the recap brought me up to speed nicely. This one fins right out of Unity, and it was a good time. Writer Joe Harris and artist Trevor Harrison maintain the badass level of storytelling we've come to expect from Bloodshot. 
who is a lot of things, but is looking more and more like he's not a good guy. <laughs> I really like this character. I love Trevor Harrison's art. It's a good-looking book, more high quality from Valiant. I'm giving it a buy it. Star Spangled War Stories, number one from DC. The return of G.I. Zombie. No, I believe G.I. Zombie is new. Oh. The, the, pre, the other character you might be thinking of is G.I. Robot, who was uh, in like the Creature Commandos. I could have sworn G.I. Zombie was around. Uh, they listed G.I. Zombie as being created by Justin Gray. Okay. And yeah, I think he's new. But DC's practice of launching bizarre titles no one has asked for continues. <laughs> The story by Justin Gray, Jimmy Palmiotti, and Scott Hampton is less of a war story and more of an undercover military operative thriller. Starring a zombie? With a, with a zombie guy. They have no, well, he's okay. like a sentient. He's undead, but he's not like... He's Rrr. undercover. Yes. And he's dead. Yes. And no one's like, oh, you're the new dead guy. Huh? Um, <laughs> I'll say no more other than, other than to say they address it in the book. Like, they, they explain it all. Fair enough. I love the concept and the art is gorgeous. Scott Hampton is so good he and it's really good. weird to see him on this book. This book is artistically very peculiar. Darwin Cook did the cover. That's Whoa. What? But there's something about some of the dialogue that rubbed me the wrong way. Like I know the characters are supposed to be bad or pretending to be bad, but it was kind of distasteful in a way that, that really bugged me. But it was unexpectedly decent. Like I said, great art. I'm giving it a skim it, a strong skim it. The Goon, Occasion of Revenge, number one from Dark Horse. All of the Goon's fiercest enemies team up to take his town from him, but the Goon's got his own group of friends, and man, are they weirdos. <laughs> this was a creepy, dirty street fight, as only Eric Powell could supply with amazing painted art as usual. The Goon just keeps getting better, and it doesn't matter where you jump on. Go out and buy really, a really comic doesn't. book. Everything you need to know is spelled out in the first two pages. It's a great friggin' time. I love the goon. Buy this. Avengers 100th anniversary special from Marvel. James Stokoe does what James Stokoe does and delivers by far the best one of these stupid anniversary He's specials. So goddamn good. Huge ideas, references to comics that don't exist, insane art with crazy detail. It was so much fun. It's Doctor Strange, Rogue, and Beta Ray Bill as the last three <laughs> Avengers left on Earth after everyone else gets sh got shunted to the negative zone. Okay. Huge, huge buy it. It was wonderful. It sounds like a blast. And it's a shame that we will never get any more of it. Yeah. Well, because it's just, the, it's just a one-shot. The Doctor Strange, Beta Ray Bill team up, you've, always, you've all been asking. Ah, oh, it was great. Ragnarok, number one from IDW. Walt Simonson returns to Norse mythology, this time writing and drawing the adventures of a female black elf they're actually blue, on a quest for vengeance 100 years after the fall of the gods. I was critical of okay, Simonson's... Black Elf is just the name of their species. I get it, I get it. Why how come they're not blue elves? Like, I don't know. I mean, whatever. I was critical of Simonson's most recent Thor work with Matt Fraction, but none of the problems I saw there occur here. Simonson drew the hell out of this comic. If you're a fan of his, it's everything you're hoping for. Walt, you've still got it, baby, and I love you. Buy it. It was really good. Sleatch! That is your ludicrous speed round, and Sleatch is the sound of Brynja, the black slash blue elf, swinging her sword at a treacherous wizard, as seen in the pages of Ragnarok number one 
I'm not sure how that makes that sound unless you actually connect with something. I don't know, like she's cutting through like a cloud or like, something. It's so forceful and yeah. so she's a badass. Yeah, she cut his cape. Sort of break it, break it down like this. And that is it for the third annual marathon Comic Con recap episode of THF. If you can't get enough of our armchair con reporting. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or Stitcher or tune in where we still need your star ratings, your reviews, your thumbs up, or your little hearts because it helps us to connect with the other potential listeners. Thank you to all of our donors, especially our latest donor, hey, Tim Flieger. Hey, Timmy. Good to have you back. You are the throbbing gristle we ingest to keep this show kicking. It's disgusting. I don't know what that means, but it's disgusting. If you'd like to help keep us in competitive salaries for the psychic remote viewers we send to cons, you can make your donation in any amount using our psychoactive PayPal button at twoheadednerd.com. And if you want to become a sustaining member, it's as easy as clicking the Make This Donation Monthly box. And as little as a dollar a month really does help. It really does. While you're there, you can find links to all of our contact info via Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Skype, and our ziggurat hotline, 402-819-4894. You can just call us to say hello. Using the sedentary and non-traveling list of resources, you can hit us up with your Ask a Nerd comic questions or trivia challenges, or you can defend your questionable comic or movie tastes in front of the two-headed judge for the oh, Defenders yeah. segment. I think we just got a really good one the other day. Yeah, we did. I'm very excited for. You know who you are. Or you can ask us to review yourself published comic, be it printed, digital, telepathically beamed to us in our sleep, whatever! And don't forget to go sign up for the THN forums. It's your little virtual piece of the ziggurat where you can discuss this week's show. You can cry about not being able to attend conventions, or you can just rap about comics. Remember to follow us on Twitter, like our Facebook page, and watch the forums if you want to get in on the question of the week discussion. Then be sure to tune in to hear your answers on the Answer of the Week podcast. Like we said, pushing it back one week, so we're skipping one, but we'll be right back. Until then, if you need more THN in your life, get over to TwoHeadedNerd.com and check out Saturday Morning Cartoons, all about Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. Which Not is something, the dancing dudes. Right, but try Googling it. <laughs> it's difficult. It's about, it's, I'm glad it's something I can relate to and not that weird ass, <laughs> whatever it was from last week. WMAC Masters. Yeah, that was something. The Better Late Than Never review of Rise of the Planet of the Apes. It's my fault that it hasn't gone up, not his. Anthony got it to me. You son of a Ages bitch. ago. Mr. Mathers, I apologize. It's a busy time. It'll be up by the time you hear this. And of course, as always, ludicrous speed reviews by our very own Aaron Myers. Real quick, Aaron was one of the first people to say to me, Hey, I've listened to all 170 episodes. Hey. Because we called them out. Yeah, yes. Since then, so many people have contacted me and said, I have listened to all 170 episodes. That is amazing. Matt you, Truesdell, Keith Binder. You people have too much time on your hands. Ryan Forrest, our lawyer. I believe all of those, but Keith Binder. Yeah. <laughs> I'm calling you out, Keith Binder. And Let's see if you listen to this show. Huh? No, remember. This will be the test. Keith, <laughs> Keith was working at the shop when we first got started and we yeah. were recording at legend i remember so he didn't not only has he heard them but he was there while we recorded them. i know that i don't think he's listening to it he has I don't, I don't it's true it. he dudes behind it on his comics 
but 100% caught up on Two Headed Nerd. Prove it, Keith Binder. Prove it. <laughs> Due to Comic-Con news, we push back the segment, but next week we'll be reviewing the new Brian Lee O'Malley joint seconds when we host our Take a Look, It's in a Book segment. I said segment twice. Eat it. That's okay. This week's shout-out goes to Legend Comics and Coffee, who won their first Eisner Award this weekend. Word to the coolest comic shop in Omaha. In the, the world! With the best damn group of comic nerd employees you will ever run into. You guys totally deserve it. I could not be more proud of you. Oh, stop it. Until next time, true believers, remember to pre-order your comics because your Eisner Award retailer just might kiss you on the mouth for it. I don't have to kiss people anymore. This is the two-headed nerd. Now you got to do it with tongue. I'm famous. Signing off. I don't have to kiss people anymore. (laughs) Oh, they're going to expect way more now. Get ready. (laughs) Oil yourself up, buddy. Oh, God. (laughs)